Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. It's Brian Sparks, I'm lead pastor here at the Church Royce City, and we're so honored to have you here. And uh, I always like to remind people that it's not just you that's in this room. We have people that listen all over the world. And, uh, and so you're, we are always telling people that we're bigger than these four walls. Amen. And uh, God has called us to reach more and do more. And uh, we're so excited about everything that's going on. Next week is our, we are celebrating our two-year birthday next week. Come on, we're going to be two years old as a church next week. So bring somebody with you. Here's, here's what's amazing about uh, when we, we celebrate a birthday, we talk about everywhere that we've been, and we celebrate that, but we talk about where we're going also. Because we're not, we're not done ever. We're never done. And we're always going to continue to reach people. We're always going to continue to go after more. And I believe that this is just the beginning. And I believe God's going to do greater things. And so come next week uh, for that special service. Invite somebody to come with you. Uh, if somebody's, uh, you know, not sure about church or, you know, well, I don't know if I want to be a part. That's a great time to bring them because they get to hear about what we are and what we're about. And so I encourage you to do that. And uh, uh, we're uh, finishing up. This is the last part of our series, You Asked For It. And uh, if you're new here, it's okay. You're not going to be lost. It's a completely separate mis- uh, uh, message as any other one. But but what it is, is, is uh, obviously we can't preach. We preach series year-round, but we can't preach everything uh, that you probably need to hear. Or something that you you might be dealing with, and you think, man, I really wish I knew the answer to this. And so, so here's the thing: is that we send out a survey, and we ask you to tell us what you want to, uh, us to preach about, and uh, and we take all the the top. Uh, the top five or six of those messages and we we compile them and then we preach messages on them because you asked for it and we want to preach what you want to hear about because what if it's important to you it's important to us and the first message uh, we talked about is hearing the voice of God I believe as a pastor it's important to understand that God is still speaking amen and that you can still hear his voice amen Uh, the second thing we talked about is how to pray because prayer isn't an obligation. It's something that we get to do as believers and as Christians. Uh, the, uh, Crystal preached a great word on dealing with stress. She thought she was best equipped to do that uh, message because she lives with me. So I'm always stressing her out about something. Uh, we talked about how do I change? Come on, how many of you, you, you want to change? You know there's some things in you that you need to change and you want to change and so we tackled uh, tackled that subject and so and now today we're going to uh, finish it up with this message and so if you have a bible turn to second timothy 2 23 through 26 second timothy 2 23 through 26 if you don't have a bible it's okay we'll have it up here on the screens for you it says this again i say don't get involved in foolish ignorant arguments oh this is going to be fun that only start fights a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but must be kind to everyone no 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 no. he's not talking about me no be kind to everyone be able to teach and be patient with what 
Uh, come on, a quiet church is a? Are we a dead church? Must be patient with who? Difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts. It's not your job to change their hearts. It's God's job to change their hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses. Please, Lord, let some of these people come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive. This is telling you these people are possessed by the devil. (laughs) Just kidding. But they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Amen? If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, the last message in this series is dealing with difficult people. Dealing with difficult people. Come on. Tap your neighbor on the right. Say, man, I'm glad you're here to hear this message. Come on, tap the one on the left. Say, you need to hear it more than I do. Lord, I thank you right now for this amazing church and for these amazing people. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from God. So, Lord, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same, Lord. Let us take this word and not just hear it, but apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Uh, In 2005, uh, my daughter was born, and uh, and you know it it was amazing uh, trying to get ready to be a parent. For those of you uh, that are parents, maybe if you're if you're not a parent, it's okay. But it's just like uh, people that come up to me and they're pregnant and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're we're ready. Like we got this." I'm like, "No, no, you're not." It's like. No, and I and I don't I didn't know what it was, but it was amazing that when my daughter was at the hospital, she didn't cry at all. Like she was just an angel, but as soon as we put her in the car to go home, it's like the switch turned on and she would not stop crying. And uh, anyway, so we, we did everything in preparation. You know, we talked to people, uh, parents, trying to figure out the best, uh, you know, different things. Come on, let people give you hints and, and, and give you helpful t- tips on how, to, how do we do this and how do we do that. And, and we had all that. We read books. Come on. You, you got to read books on how to uh, be a good parent. Because, but, but nothing really prepares you for one thing. And that was... It does not prepare you for two, well, actually two things. Number one, the Wiggles. Because I grew up when the Wiggles were popular. Some of y'all, y'all could probably more relate to Barney. But, but the Wiggles, my daughter loved the Wiggles. And we watched, and, and here's the thing about a kid, is they watch a show and it never gets old. Ever gets old. They can watch it over the same show, the same episode, over and over and over. I can still sing Wiggle songs to you. To this day, I can sing every Wiggle song. You started out, buddy, I'll join right in with you because I know every song. And I hated the Wiggles, but I also uh, there was another show that I hated just slightly less, uh, but it was Dora the Explorer. 
And Dora the Explorer, and like here's, he, I, I, I was just amazed at this, but my daughter really loved Dora. And for those of you that don't know what Dora the Explorer is, let me explain. Dora is a little girl who goes on adventures. And she's always going out and exploring the world. And, and uh, Dora has a few things. She has a uh, backpack. Come on, backpack, back. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She has a map. I'm the map. I'm the map. Who wrote that song and got paid for it? That's what. She has a monkey called Boots that wears rubber boots. This is a weird show, man. I don't know who comes up with this stuff. And she has parents that obviously don't care whether she lives or dies because she's always by herself on some adventure around the world. Like she's just going everywhere and parents don't care. Don't need to know where she's at. No cell phone, no nothing. Here's a map, a backpack, and a monkey. Hit the road, kid. You know, like, what kind of parents are you? I freak out if my kids aren't back in an hour. You know, I'm like, where are they at? You know, but, but uh, one, one character in Dora that I actually found very helpful and I thought was helpful for my daughter was this uh, character called the Grumpy Old Troll. And if you've never seen this, the show, it's a grumpy old troll who lives under the bridge. Right? And, and, and this grumpy old troll, here Dora is walking along. She's having a great day. Everything's going good. Parents don't care. She don't care. She's just going out to explore the world. She's going to have a good time. She, she can't wait to see the adventure. And as she gets ready to cross the bridge, this grumpy old troll crawls out from underneath the bridge. I can't make this stuff up, people. Crawls out from underneath the bridge and tells her this, that you're going to have to solve my riddle in order to get to the other side. And, and here's the reason why I thought the grumpy old troll was helpful is because it really teaches two, uh, two things to kids. It taught two things to my daughter. Number one is that difficult people are going to be on your journey in life. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you do. You got to understand that on your journey in life, come on, you're going through Walmart. You're going to deal with more difficult people than you can imagine. You go to Costco, there's difficult people. You, you go to work, there's difficult people there. On your journey in life, there are difficult people everywhere. Some of you are like, hey, man, you don't even know the half the story, man. Every, I go home and there's difficult people. Don't Come on. In this service, there's no pointing. No pointing in this service. Don't point. Be like, that's you. That's you right there. No, no. here's the thing is difficult people are on our journey, and I love that it taught my daughter that. The second thing it taught her is in order for you to reach your destination, you must learn how to deal with them. Because here's the thing. If you don't learn how to deal with difficult people, they will derail you from your destiny. They will keep you from, because here's the thing, is that you will get so uh, offended and so hurt that God can't use you anyway. Because you don't understand how to deal with difficult people. So as Christians, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's important for you to understand this is how we we have to learn to deal with difficult people. And I love this because here uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to a son of his in the faith who is a pastor. And, and pastors really understand difficult people. And he's saying, hey, listen, here's the thing, is you're going to have to learn to deal with difficult. You might as well get used to it. And let me just tell you that difficult people aren't a new thing. 
and they're not only your thing. It's everybody's thing, right? Paul's saying, hey, I understand there's difficult people. God knows there's difficult people here on this earth. And here's the thing, is it's not your responsibility to change them. And you aren't responsible for the way that they act. You're responsible for the way that you respond. Oh, this is popular. Because I know how most people want to react. And here's the thing, is difficult people are here today, and they'll be here tomorrow. And your kids are going to have to deal with them. And your grandkids, because here's the thing, is difficult people find other difficult people, and they reproduce They never stop. It just keeps, it's a snowball effect. It just keeps, it just keeps happening over and over. So we've got to deal with difficult people. Here's just a few uh, people that I have to deal with. Or that I've, I, and I obviously could go on forever, but here's a few that I wrote down. And I kind of gave them names because I wanted to, you, to, you to hear it. But number one is the hammer. These people are the aggressive, harsh people that you have to deal with. Come on. They rule by intimidation. Anybody know anybody like that? Come on. They, they're going to they're gonna make you do what they want you to do. I had, I had a boss that I used to work with like this, and that's the way. He would scream and yell and try to manipulate and make you feel about that tall. Put you down, and that's just the way that he was, that's the way he was taught how to rule. And that was the way that he was taught how to treat employees. Number two, the megaphone. These people will not shut up. They talk all the time. And and it's not even necessarily that they're saying anything bad. It's that you just want them to hush. Please. Be, I'll do whatever you want. Just be quiet, please. I I, I don't care. Like I, I had a guy that I worked with, um, and 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 I was uh, when I worked for East Texas Medical Center. And this guy, I was trapped in an ambulance with this guy for twenty four hours, and I literally said five words because he would not stop talking. These people make my brain hurt. The megaphone, number three. The bubble buster. Come on, these people find the negative in anything. Some of you are like, oh man, that's my Aunt Sally. (laughs) I mean, they can find, it doesn't matter what it is. They'll find the negative in anything that you bring up. It could be, oh, I got a promotion at job. It's probably just because they're setting you up to fire you. All right, here's, here's these people. Let's just, let's just uh, explain them to you. These are the people that if they won the lottery would c- complain about paying taxes. Oh, I won a million dollars, but I'm going to have to pay $200,000 in taxes. You still got $800,000, dummy. Quit complaining. The space cadet, come on. These people wake up in their own world every day. And they have no idea that you're in it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. These are the people that you, if you work with, they're really frustrating. Because you can tell them, this is how we do this, 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 this. And then the next day, you have to explain it again. This is how we do this, 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 this. And the next day, this is how we do this, this. Come on. Because every day, they're in a new world. 
And it's your responsibility to train them. How about the volcano? These people, you don't know, you walk on eggshells around them because you don't know when they're going to explode. Come on, these people, when they, they might have a slow fuse. Come on. It takes them a long time to get mad, but when they finally go, oh my Lord, devastation and destruction everywhere. They, when they go, I, I, I mean, I, I'm amazed. I, I see people that do this, and, and, and they're like, guys will lose it. And they say that they li- everything goes black. And they'll punch the walls, holes in the wall. The volcano. How about the clam? These are the people that when they get mad, you get the silent treatment for the next decade. My wife used to do this to me when we first got married. She realized that it just didn't work because I just enjoyed the silence. <laughs> she'd go to bed. I would go to bed and just go to sleep. And she'd go to bed and she'd like sleep on the edge of the bed. So mad at me she couldn't sleep. She'd, she would sleep on the very edge because she didn't want to touch me. And I was over there just snoring. <laughs> like, no worries, man. I'm good. The clam, she doesn't do that anymore. But here's the thing, is that these people shut down and they'll try to manipulate you through their silence. How about the nitpicker? These are the people that will point out every flaw and every wrong thing you do. You can never do anything right. You can't, it doesn't matter. If you do it one way, they'll say you should have done it the other way. We got the crybabies. How many crybabies we got out there? They will whine and complain until they get their way. If you are my kid and you whine, you will not get your way ever because I can't stand this pet peeve. How about the user? The user. These people will use you to get what they want. And then they'll throw you away. Come on. These are the people you hadn't talked to in 10 years, and their babysitter calls and cancels, and they're like, hey, BFF, what are you doing, girl? You know, can you come over and watch my little hellion? You're like, oh, sure, yeah, I guess, yeah, I can do that. And then they get that, and then they're gone. And they're only using you to get what they need, and then once they get what they need, they're out of your life forever. These people are difficult. I have a hard time. I lo- I'm a fan of loyalty. How about this last one, the garbage collector? These people collect garbage, and they hold on to it forever. I mean, they'll find out there's something you did wrong. There's the mistake that you made, that thing that you said, and they it's like they just got this massive collection of garbage. And they look forward to pulling it out anytime there's an opportunity, they're going to pull it out and say, remember when you said, come on, you know the people, they're like, well, in 1965, you took the last piece of bread and I wanted a piece of toast. And I'm hurt and offended. Been holding on to that one for a while, like what? You know what I'm saying? These are people that will bring up everything. They're garbage collectors. They're difficult. And I can guarantee you that every one of you in this place probably deals with 
at least one of these, if not multiple of these, on a weekly basis, maybe on a daily basis. And here's the thing, that if all of us are truthful, that we do see this in other people, but if we're really honest, we probably see a little bit of it in ourselves. Because I have news for you, sometimes you're the difficult person. Sometimes you're the one people are complaining about and talking about how difficult you are to work with, how difficult you are to live with. This is popular. So if difficulties in our lives and it's around us, we must learn how to deal with it. So how do we deal with it? You ready? Number one, we must realize that you can't please everyone. You can't please everyone. There's, there's people out there, and you're people pleasers. And you want everybody to like you. And if they don't like you, it becomes your mission in life to make this person like you. Like, please like me. Like, I just, I, did, I don't have this issue, right? I don't care. Like me, don't like me, I don't care. That's just, that's the way I am. But here's the thing is I know a lot of people that they have this thing where it's like, my, it's my mission in life and you want everybody to like you. You find out somebody doesn't like you for some reason, you go out of your way to try to make them. You're buying them flowers. Come on, you're remembering their birthday, sending them birthday cards. You find out their fi- favorite chocolate. You overhear their favorite chocolate and you're buying them chocolate and you're bringing it to them. Why? Because you want them to like you. And guess what? It frustrates you when they still don't like you. Here's a great statistic is that 10% of people in your life won't like you no matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you remember their birthday or not. They're not going to like you. Have you ever just ran into somebody and you go like, man, I don't know what it is about them, but I don't like them. Huh? Don't act like I'm the only one. Get off your holy high horse. I'm telling the truth. There's sometimes there's people that you don't understand why, but they just don't. You just don't jive with them. It's like, man, I, I, you just, I just don't really. I don't like you. I don't know what it is about you. And here's the thing: you have to understand is that 10 percent of the people that you come into uh, that come into your life won't like you no matter what. You just need to accept it and move on. Stop trying to please everyone. If you try to please everyone and live a life that pleases everyone, you're going to be frustrated all the time. You're going to be aggravated. Number two, you must refuse to play the game. Refuse to play the game. I love this quote. Don't argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. See, here's the thing is that I know that I'm saying this, and the truth is is that a lot of people that would say, I don't play the game, but you forget that your Facebook posts are public. And when Susie said, you know, she didn't really aim it exactly towards you, but it was, you knew it was about you. And you get on there and you go, oh, I'll give her a piece of my mind. And y'all start going 
back and forth and back. And there's 84 comments on this one post because here's the thing is that you decided that I'm going to engage in the game. I'm going to get down on her level and I'm going to play this game. And here's the thing is that in that game, nobody wins. Nobody wins. She's still mad at you. You're still mad at her. She doesn't like you. You don't like her. Nobody wins in this game. So we got to understand that if there's no winners in the game, we got to refuse to play it. I don't play games I can't win. Why would I do that? So if we're, we got to get this out of our minds and say, you know what, I'm going to refuse to play this game. Number three, we must rise above it. Rise above it. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. You know, uh, I was flying somewhere not too long ago, and we ran into some turbulence. Anybody fly and hit some turbulence? Now, there's, there's normal turbulence, like a couple of little bumps. And then there's the bad turbulence, like you feel like you're about to go down and die, right? And we got into some pretty nasty turbulence, and the captain flipped on the seatbelt sign. I'm like, it's already on, dude. (laughs) Like, as soon as this thing nearly threw me out of my seat, I put my seatbelt back on. Like, it's it's good. I'm smart like that. But but, uh, all of a sudden, he comes on the intercom, and he says, "Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've uh, experienced some turbulence. And you know, you're like, oh, yeah, Really? And, uh, yeah, we've experienced some turbulence, so here's what we're going to do is I'm going to take it up to 37,000 feet. And when we get to 37,000 feet, we'll be in smooth sailing. So what he said was, is I'm going to rise above what's disrupting me. I'm going to rise above the thing that's causing problems. I'm going to rise above the thing that is causing us to be bumpy, this whole trip to be bumpy. I'm going to get above it. And some of you need to make up your mind. Whenever there's turbulence in your life, there's difficult people in your life. It's causing disruption in your life. You need to look to the heavens where your help comes from. Stop looking at them and say, you know what? I know this, that I can rise above it because my God has called me to rise up on wings like eagles. Must rise above it. See, here's the thing. Is that people can't affect you on the ground when you're in the air. You can't, they can't get to you. They can't get to you. If you're higher than them, they can't get to you. So we must learn to rise above it. Number four. We must never retaliate. Mm. This is a hard one. This is one of those that's really easy to say, but it's really hard to live out, right? Uh, Because I don't know about you, but it sure feels good to say what I want to say. Some of you are vindictive. And you, you, I mean, you, the, the, the saying, the revenge is best served cold, is like your motto. Like, oh, you lay awake in bed 
at night thinking about how I'm going to get you back. I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to take you out. It's scary, really, that you do that. You shouldn't do that. Here's the thing. Is that what we're doing in that moment, the Bible says this, that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That means that vengeance, God's going to take care of it. God will weigh it all out. God's going to make sure that he takes care of you. If you say, I'm going to take the high road, I'm going to live the right way, I'm not going to retaliate, God, I give this thing to you. I'm not even going to let it affect my life. I'm going to hand it to you because I know that it's all on you, Lord. And when you do that, see, here's the thing is when you take revenge and decide to retaliate, you're taking it out of God's hands and putting it in your own. And we do this all the time. And the sad thing is, is a lot of times we do it to people we love. We do it in our marriages, do it to our kids, to our friends, to our co-workers. And if they say something mean to me, I have to say something mean back. And we live our lives trying to retaliate. We must never, see sometimes the best thing that you can do is learn to keep your mouth shut. And don't say what you're thinking. I know it sounds so good in your head. Whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me was a liar. Because words are some of the most painful things that you can say. And when they're said, you can't take them back. Don't retaliate. Hold your tongue. Move on. Last thing. When we deal with difficult people, we must extend grace to them. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted. Really? Like, you could just stop there, God, like that's good enough. Then he says this, forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. You know, a friend of ours, a pastor friend of ours was going to eat some Popeye's chicken. Come on, somebody. I love the rice and beans. It's good, right? Popeye's chicken. and He walks in and he understand. He all of a sudden realizes that there is a very tense situation going on between the cashier and a man ordering. And I mean, he's like, "There should be no tension in Popeyes. Like, come on, we're eating fried chicken. Let's lick our fingers and move on. You know, like let's just do what's going on." And and he said, "These, I mean, it's a, a tense situation, and and they are arguing back and forth and back and forth." And back and forth. And finally, he orders his three-piece chicken meal, and he gets it, and he snags it, grabs it, and walks out the door. And not ten seconds out the door, he comes back in, and he's got the box open. He said, you forgot my biscuits! Pastor friend was like, dude, it's just biscuits, man. You can have my, like, it's okay. You forgot my biscuits! So the lady gives him biscuits, and he walks out, storms out. 
A friend said that he was walking out after he'd gotten his chicken. He was walking out, taking it home. He said he passed the man. He was an older guy. He had eight kids in the back of a pickup. And he was breaking up three pieces of chicken trying to feed eight kids. Doing the best he could. Not taking them out just for a good dinner. I mean, just trying to do the best that he could. And my friend said this, that he realized in that moment what that man needed was grace. He didn't need judgment. He didn't need somebody to line him out. What he needed was grace. And I love this because it says this, that we should forgive others because Christ has forgiven us. And sometimes the easiest way to deal with difficult people is to realize first how much God loved me. How much God's grace poured out on me. How much, even though I was messed up and I was difficult and I had issues, God loved me anyway. Sometimes the easiest way is to first remember how much God loves you. And if God can love you, surely you can love someone else. See, the thing is, some of you encounter people that will never come to a church. They'll never step foot in a church. And the way you respond can determine everything, can change everything. We must extend grace to those people. Amen? Stand on your feet. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.